Our scripture reading this morning, if you want to turn to the book of Numbers, uh, chapter 21, and hold that place for just a minute, and go back into the book of John, chapter 3. Again, Numbers, chapter 21, uh, and also uh, hold that place for a minute, and let's begin this morning in the book of John, chapter 3. Again, Numbers, chapter 21, and then we want to begin this morning in the book of John, chapter 3. And as you're turning to these, uh, these two places, I want you to think about things that are considered a mandatory must. Must. It's mandatory. What are some things that we're going to read about this morning that are mandatory that must happen, strongly needs to happen? When we look at the word must, and we're going to read it here in just a minute in John chapter 3 and in verse 7, for he says, you must be born again. It means it's necessary. Now, I want you to think about that. You, you may think it's not necessary to put air in your tire. It's not necessary to put gas in. But there are some things that we're going to see must means it is imperative. It is necessary. And there is a need of it. There's no need of air in your tire. There's no need of gas in your tank. Those are your opinions. But what we're going to see this morning in the scripture is, is that it is absolutely non-negotiable, the fact of you must be born again. And that's why we say today, mandatory must that we're going to read about here in John chapter 3. Now, when it's a must, well, you must be born again. The 14th verse says that uh, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. The 30th verse teaches us, he must increase, but I must decrease. Look at these mandatory things or these must that happen in our life. And all this happens because when we say the word must, these are all the result of things that happen in a circumstance that was beyond our control, something we did not choose. So we've already read to you some of these things. Let's back up for just a moment in John chapter 3. And let's begin reading, if we can, in the very first verse. There was a man of the Pharisees by the name of Nicodemus. What did he do for a living? It says he was a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night in a very quiet, private acquaintance that was going to happen. And he said to him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher that come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Double, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So Nicodemus, somewhat puzzled or somewhat concerned, and might have said, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter into the, time, the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Double. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh, he's going to distinguish the two, the two parts here. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So Nicodemus is trying to distinguish the fact between the two things. He said, he said wait a minute. He said, you've, you've got flesh and you've got spirit. Marvel not that I said unto you, 
Ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot tell us whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Now, when Jesus gives the very, very plain instructions that marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. It means born again from above. We all, every one of us here today, we all have an earthly birth. Matter of fact, that's even more commonly probably referred to as a birth that we cannot remember. But you know what? I believe in a second birth that is going to be the birth that uh, we birth that we might call it, or born again from above. Not that our outward man is changed, but it's that inward man that is changing. So remember where the change happens. And we talk about these, these musts that, that are mandatory today. We're talking about something that is not elective. It's not something that's optional. These things must happen. For he said, if a man wants to enter into heaven, he said, you must be born again. So he talks about where the, the wind blow us with the list. So Nicodemus said to them, him, how can these things be? Nicodemus is just, he's stumped and he's puzzled. By the way, Nicodemus is a ruler of the Jews. He should have understood a lot of things, but the thing is, is that he was understanding a lot of ceremonial things, not a lot of spiritual things. There's a vast difference in what you do ceremonially or things that you do with your body or things that you do with your deeds to represent spiritual things. But folks, there's a difference in going through the motions in the physical sense versus having these spiritual experiences. And don't you understand that there's a difference that, that you can go through all the actions that you want to, but it's about your soul experiencing these things of God. Here's what happened. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, how can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Art thou a master of Israel and knowest not these things? He said, You're supposed to know all these things. He said, You mean to tell me you've never experienced these things? So verily, verily, I say unto you, We speak that we do and testify that we have seen. And you receive not our witness. He said, I tell you about these earthly things and you believe not. How shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven. We don't go up, he came down. Even the Son of Man which is in heaven. So how does this happen? Nicodemus was struggling. He said, if man is in a bad state, if man is in a broken state, if man must be born again, then how can you, you change who they are? So let's talk a little bit about the 14th verse. That's what I want to get into a little bit more this morning. And it says in verse 14, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. You see, the Israelites had, going back to Numbers chapter 21, if you want to turn back there, the Israelites had not always done the way that they should. They misbehaved. Matter of fact, when we get into the 21st verse right here is that uh, they had gotten to a point that they despised God's word. They despised the ways of God. So what did God do? God sent some poisonous snakes. They went against God. God sent some poisonous snakes that were going to be, uh, that was going to bring harm to them. Obviously, that was going to happen. So what happened is, is that the people were getting bit by snakes and they finally turned to God and they said, God, we need help out of the situation that we're in. 
So in Numbers chapter 21, fourth verse says this. And they journeyed from Mount Or by the way of the Red Sea to, uh, to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. So they had gone from Edom, which is the land of Esau. Uh, and we see here's that in the verse 5. And the people spake against God. Folks, there's one thing that when we say that things that you must experience in your life... There's a difference if you're speaking against, I'm not doing what Scott says. I'm not doing what this person says or that person says. But the idea is that they were speaking against God and against Moses. Wherefore, have you brought us out of the land of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there's no bread, there's neither water, and their soul loatheth this light bread. So here they were complaining about all that was going to happen to them. So what happens in the... Sixth verse. And the Lord sent a poisonous, fiery serpent among the people. Not only was they in the midst of the people, it says, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Their corruption and their attitude or their, their, their thoughts behind God and Moses even is that they didn't like God, they didn't like what had God done, and they started blaming God. So remember when we said you must be born again, Nicodemus struggled. How can we change that nature? That's why he says the only way that that's going to change or to stop is, just like Moses, uh, he talks about in John chapter 3, he's referring to the fact in that 14th verse, even as Moses and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. The only way man can be fixed is that if Jesus provides what we need. So let's just dig into this a little bit this morning. What exactly did Jesus bring us from heaven that can help us in the situation by which we are in by our own natural sinful beings? What did he do? You and I today, we're much like the people of Israel. We're going to murmur and, and complain and gripe against God that, that things just isn't right, things aren't fair. So what are we going to do? God provides what they needed. But before he could do that, he had to send the serpents amongst them. The serpents were biting the people. But notice what happens is that the sin against God brought discomfort and it was bringing death. Let me ask you this. Is there anybody here this morning that wants to dispute the fact that sin brings sorrow? Does anybody want to dispute that? If we all stop and we get honest with ourselves, all of the things that we face in our life, it's not because we're bad people, it's because we're sinful people. Sin is not something that we just decide to do. Sin is not just something that, that, that we can choose this or that. We are sinful people by our nature. Now there are choices, and we may get to that in a little bit, but there are choices we have in our life. But in these choices... How do we overcome our sinful nature? A lot of times we think, well, God, if I'm sorry, then, then, then maybe there be no pain or may there be no consequence for that. But you see, God said, because of your murmuring, because of your complaining, he said, I'm going to send these serpents. And notice what happened. Is that once these people were bitten, once they were bitten by the serpents, what could they do? Actually, when you get down to it, and what we're going to see in a little bit is, is that once they were bitten by the serpent, they were depending on somebody else providing what they needed in order to be better. And that's what going back to John chapter 3. How can a man, a man must be born again? Well, what can God provide for us to make us a better person? 
Now, let me pause for just a minute. I believe there are good people out there today that are not saved people. But I'll tell you this, once they get saved, they'll become even a better person. I believe there are mean people out there today or wicked people or sinful people out there today. And when they give, get what God has given them, the gift of, of, of salvation, eternal life, the blood of their, His Son, Jesus Christ, I believe they will be a better person. Everybody today that, that, that gets saved by the grace of God, I believe they're going to be a better people. But there, we, in order to be better, in order to be healed, in order to overcome the sickness... We are dependent upon something else. For a person that's lost and never been saved, what are they dependent on to get favor with God? The scripture says you must be born again. We also read there in John chapter 3, it says, uh, Jesus says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. If we're ever going to be better, Jesus was going to have to die for our sins. So what did he do? Matter of fact, there's a word that you might can even start to relate to today. It's called an anti-venom. Anti-venom is something that we're going to look at for just a little bit. These serpents were biting the people and they were dying. So what happens is, is that once they were bitten, it says, uh, and much of the people, excuse me, the end of that sixth verse says, and much people of Israel died. Now, once you're bitten by a serpent... And you start feeling the effects of that poison that is in your body. There is an anti-venom that actually comes from the same thing. So in other words, Jesus had to leave heaven, take on flesh. Because it was that very flesh that sinned against God in the Garden of Eden. And when we see that, is that, 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 that by the, the, the curse of man that, that we were going to be bitten by poison. There's an anti-venom that's going to be given to us. And that anti-venom does not rid of the poison, what it does is it stops the consequences from going any further. In other words, once you get bitten by a snake or you get bitten by uh, this serpent, then it will stop the effects of your sickness getting any worse. Folks, God is not going to just completely eliminate the fact of sin. He's just keeping it from being worse. What is worse? L let me say this a little bit differently. We are going to die because of sin. That's not something God is stopping. What God is stopping is things being worse. And what I mean by worse is, is dying and going to hell. That is worse than dying. If anybody ever says there's worse things in life than dying, I hope you think of anti-venom. The anti-venom tells you that yes, being bitten by a serpent is bad, but what's, being, what's even worse than being bitten by a serpent is not having the anti-venom and the problem escalating and getting worse. Folks, it's one thing to be a sinner, but it's even worse today to be a sinner that dies without God and the blood of His Son Jesus, and things are much worse. That's what anti-venom does. It stops things from getting any worse, and you're still going to experience what we call mild symptoms I want to say this, and I hope you do not take this in the, in the wrong context. But dying is mild compared to dying lost. Dying is not as bad as what we may think it is. It's hard and it breaks our hearts and there's a lot of things we don't know. But folks, I assure you on the authority of God's word that it is far worse than dying is to die without God. Dying with God, that's a whole different scenario. That's a whole different situation. But here it says, And much of the people of Israel died, for the wages of sin 
is death. That's what Paul says in Romans chapter 6. For the wages of sin is death. God today understands that there's sin in our life. God understands that there's, that there's a need in our life that we must overcome these things. And God knows that, that we need an anti-venom in our life and we need someone to, to help us out. And that's why we read, it's a mandatory must in John chapter 3. You must be born again. Well, Nicodemus said, that this doesn't make sense. How can this thing be? He said, God said, I'm going to change you from being worse than what you are now. For the 14th verse says, even, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. <clears throat> so what they would do was, let's just skip on down to about the, well, let's read the 7th verse. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent, and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that every one that is bitten, every one that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. These people did not have to touch anything. The anti-venom was not in so much what they could inject into them. They were bitten by a snake. In other words, there was something that was inside of them. But in order for them to be cured of the, of the disease, or I would even say the venom that was there, they had to have faith in what God was going to provide. Folks, God has already provided the remedy for sin. The real question is, do you have faith in that, that, that remedy that God has provided? Do you believe that the blood of Jesus Christ can save you from the grave? Our bodies are going to die. But do you believe that the blood of Jesus Christ can keep you out of hell? Folks, there are many people today that are in hell this very day because they would not believe and have faith in what God provided. Folks, I am a firm believer that God has provided what you need to get to heaven. You just got to have faith in it. But I want you to notice in these scriptures that it's talking about, it says that everyone that was bitten, when he looked upon it, shall live. God said that I'm going to provide, but there's something you're going to have to do on your end. There's something that you've got to believe in on your part that you want to be able to say that you've overcome the, the, the biting or the poison of the serpent. Let's read if we can for just a minute uh, down in the ninth verse. So God told Moses, this is what you've got to do. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole. And it came to pass that if the serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. Now, I want you to focus on that, zero in on that word beheld for just a minute. They were bitten by a serpent. They were dying. They begin to plead before Moses and God. And God said, if you'll just make this serpent, he said, uh, this, this anti-venom, he said, if you'll just make this serpent up on a pole of brass, he said, and everybody that looks at that will believe. And then all of a sudden it says in that ninth verse, and when he beheld the serpent of brass. That means when they looked with intensity or with assurance that that is the answer. Folks, Jesus Christ is not 
a answer. Jesus Christ is the answer. You can look at all the other avenues. You can look at all the other places you want today. But once you have been bitten by the serpent and you are dying in sin, there is only one place that you can turn, and that is to Jesus. You cannot just turn to your church. You cannot turn to your Sunday school teachers or your pastors, folks. You must. If you are in sin today, you must turn to Jesus. Mandatory must today. You you can turn to other places, but the only way you're ever going to be healed is to turn to Jesus. And it says, And when he beheld the serpent of brass. Today I want you to know that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's what we're reading about here in John chapter 3. That, that with the people of Israel that they had made such a, uh, a a sin against God that there was a there was a, a time in their life that they were being bitten by the serpents and when they were being bitten by the serpents they had to find a remedy for what they needed and here what we're seeing in the scriptures in Numbers chapter twenty one is that in order to be healed there was not a lot of steps that they had to do they just simply had to look and believe. Look unto Him. And I pray today that we would look unto Him and be saved all the ends of the earth that people might put their confidence in Him. Folks, outside of Jesus Christ, there is no hope. But I want you to notice what happened when Moses took, and this 14th verse of John 3 said, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Aren't you glad today that God didn't just Moses, tell Moses that he could hold up a pole and only those that he liked or the oldest ones or the, more, uh, or the ones that have more livestock than the others. He said, anybody that's bitten, they can look upon this serpent and they can be healed. Today I believe today that God desires to heal all of those that are sick. Not the ones sitting in the front of the church or the back of the church or the ones that are in church or maybe the ones that live down the road from the church or the ones that go to Sunday school or the ones that have a perfect attendance. Folks, I believe that anybody that's bitten by the very curse and the very venom of sin, I believe God desires that they would look to Him. There's no exceptions. There's no exemptions to that. And there may be some, some, some disagreement amongst that around the world today. But I believe that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So who are the sinners today? Who are the people today that were conceived in sin? We all know that there are some people that are nicer than other people. We know that. We all know that there's some people that just seemingly, they just do more good, good deeds than other people. But you know what the difference in them is? Is that every person that's born of the flesh is a sinner. It doesn't make us bad people. It just makes us a sinful people in need of a Savior. And Jesus said, if you have been bitten. I don't know the difference in snake bites as far as the venom and how it affects people. I'm going to assume that some people probably can fight a little bit different than others. But today there's one thing is that we're all bitten by the curse of sin. And we all need to look to Jesus. It's not something that we choose. I don't know many people that says, I want to be bitten by a snake. It just happens. But when they're bitten by a serpent today, they have to realize either they can sit around and feel sorry for themselves or they can look for the anti-venom. And as he told Moses, and as Jesus was going to be lifted up, he said, as Moses would lift up that serpent, these people were going to be healed of the sin they were in. And we notice here the people lifted it up uh, for every person that was there. 
I believe that Christ, just like that, supplied it for all of us today. I don't believe that Moses could have lifted up anything else other than what God said must be lifted up. Now, the key to that is, the only thing that was going to help a murmuring people being bitten by the snakes, or the serpents, I would say, the stings could be lots of things, I guess you would say. But the only ones that are being that, that, that are being bitten by the serpents or the sting of a poison today, the only one today that's going to help us is the one that's being uh, told to us by God that we can look at. Whom has God said is our answer? Whom has God said is the solution to our problem? It's Jesus Christ. We read in the book of Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, it says, There are no other name under heaven whereby uh, we, we must be saved. There is no other route. There is no other solution. And all it comes down to is, what is the level or what do you possess with faith? Do you have faith? A lot of people today want to think that once they're bitten... Let's just get us a rag and let's just tie it off and cut the circulation off and we'll try to lance it or whatever they want to do. They want to try a lot of remedies to try to stop the poison from having an effect upon their body. Folks, you cannot stop sin from taking your life. And I don't mean that in a harsh way, but the fact is we all have been bitten by sin and we all are going to die. The Bible says it is appointed that a man wants to die and after this the judgment. It's not something that we choose to do. It's not something that, that happens to us because we are a, a bad people. Folks, I believe there are good people that die. I believe there's bad people that die. Sadly, there are people that die and our society says that's justice. There's people that die and some people are really saddened and sorrow. But the fact is we all die not because we're good or we're bad. We all die because we're a sinner. We all die because we have been bitten by sin. A mandatory must. You must be born again. Nicodemus said, I, I don't get this. You mean you've got to go back into my mother's womb? How can you do that when you're old? He says, Nicodemus, how can you be a root of the Jews not understand these things? You can have religion or you can have a, a, a lot of rituals in your life, he said, but it's about you having these spiritual experiences with Jesus. So what we see here is that when Moses would lift up that serpent... I believe that immediately and instantly these people stopped feeling the effects of the bite that they had experienced. Folks, salvation is not something that just changes over time. Folks, once you believe and you turn to Him, that is the moment you're saved. That is the moment that you find uh, that, that God has given you what it is that you stand in need of. Do you believe today that God's going to provide what you stand in need of? Do you believe that He's going to give you everything today and not even wait till tomorrow? 1 Corinthians 1 and in verse 18 says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. Do you believe in the power of God? Let's keep reading that 23rd verse. 1 Corinthians 1 to 23 says, But we preach, we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. Remember, Nicodemus was a ruler of the Jews. And they thought, they're, they're, this Jesus Christ, he cannot be the Messiah of the answer to our sinfulness. But unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks... Christ, the power of God, 
and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. And you can see, and you can keep reading in those verses how that it's, it's imperative and it's important that we must believe, regardless of who we are in our life, we must believe in what God has provided. So going back to John chapter 3 for just a minute. If God has provided what we need, one, there was the message and instruction. First of all, the anti-venom or the serpent that was on the, on the, on the brazen serpent... It was provided by God, but the word was provided through Moses that they were instructed how to do that. Aren't you glad today that not only do we have Jesus, but we got the word of God that points us to Jesus? Today, folks, the word of God from Genesis all the way to Revelation, it all comes together in a cumulative point and it all points to Jesus. I don't want people seeing me. I don't want people even seeing you. I pray today that people in our lives, would you be, we, we could be used by God to point people to Jesus. Folks, that's what the world needs to hear. The words will point you, and I believe that God will provide that. And aren't you glad this morning that God is able to provide the things that we stand in need of? And Nicodemus, the ruler of the Jews, he didn't understand these things. He said, you know, the, 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 and, and Nicodemus didn't. And the Lord tried to tell him, he said, the Lord's going to move how he wants to move. He's going to work in the lives the way that he needs to work. And he's going to provide what you need. And that's why he said, even as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whosoever believeth in him, not the serpent on Moses, it's that he had lifted up on the brazen serpent, but they had to believe in God. But he whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For let's skip on down to the last verse that I read to you, and I'm going to hush in just a second. Down to the 30th verse. He must increase, but I must decrease. Remember, the word must comes from a word that means it is of necessity, it is of the utmost importance that we. That he, talking about Christ, increases. But it's imperative and important that we decrease. The lower we get, the greater he becomes. Folks, the more that we lower ourselves, the higher that we can hold up Jesus to a lost and dying world. And the world needs to see Jesus. Today, I pray that God, if he has not worked in your life, that you would realize there's some things that are must and it all begins with you must be born again. Jesus must be lifted up. And we must decrease so that he must increase. There's a whole lot of other must in there. There's a whole lot of other must that we didn't even get to today. There, they, they, you must have a, a sinless substitute. There's a lot of things today. But today I hope you see at the very beginning of the very gospel message to you and I today is that we must believe in the plan of salvation that God has given us. I want to get a song this morning if we could.